I'm Vince. And I'm Travis. And we're about to ruin your games and stuff. This is Travis! Welcome to Undesign. Travis, what's going on, my man? Hey, um, you know what's going on. Another another happy podcast from us here at Undesign, right? That's right, Trav. I've got a question for you, though. How did you find your way here to podcast land today, Trav? Um, you know, I took I took the long route, a little a roundabout route. Um, I, 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 you'd have to look on a map to find the way I got here. There you go. That's it. That's you see, you've you found my brilliant segue for what we rolled today. I rolled 62 drawing maps for your game. That's right. Uh, yeah. Cool. This is, so maps, man. Uh, what, 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 what is this one about? So let me lay down this one. I find few things more uh, compelling as far as game aids that I like to create than maps. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Something about creating maps, drawing maps, whether they be big or small, right? And we should start there just to say, like, I don't necessarily mean just like the world map, obviously, right? Uh, that could that could certainly be what we're talking about. Could be the map of the nation, could be of uh, something smaller, could be of a dungeon, could be of a town, the local village where the PCs start or where they're going to, right? Mm-hmm. Any uh, size and scale, sure. Exactly. And there's something so incredibly rewarding about creating a map and it's so simple right because maps are sort of meant to be abstractions you don't need to be like an amazing artist or something to create a cool map right uh, it helps but yeah it's true you don't you don't really have to be a particularly great artist to make make an interesting interesting map yeah so let me start here did you when when you uh, created your worlds because obviously you like myself was were a big fan of using your own sort of homebrew world right yeah. did you create maps for your world did you leave it kind of up in the air like how did you think about it <clears throat> I certainly I certainly took different different approaches to this all throughout my like gaming career okay I think um, in my earliest days of dungeon mastering and creating my own games and things like that um, I I almost always started with a map like I would I would begin my my creative process with a map. Like that was literally um, the first thing you did. New campaign. Yeah, well, well, I mean, the first thing I did, I was map. like, it was obviously I'm deciding to make a campaign or a new world sure. or whatever. Sure. But then then I would be like, you know, I, I was I was young and I thought, well, the best way to start is for me to draw a map so that I can fill in blanks, right? Okay. Like I I need to I need to have some kind of framework um, to from from which to create the rest of the world. Um, yep. So I would I would sit down and I would you know I, pen pencil and big art pad and draw yep. a, a big map with uh, different places and geographies uh, different like ge- geographical stuff you know mountains and forests and rivers and whatever if it was fantasy um, and each you know every time I would I would I would you know put it put a new thing into a new place like I put a range of mountains in I would. Then, you know, start racking my brain about what's an interesting name for this. Well, uh, you know, I'd come up with something for it. I'd be like, well, this this kind of monster lives here, so I'll call it this kind of monster mountains. Right? Yeah, sure. Uh-huh. So, so, so Woggle Monster Mountain, you know? Yep. Um, and, you know, it's called that because there used to be a bunch of monsters that lived there, and then I would come up with some other stuff like, oh, but they're all dead now. So it's just a, a big graveyard that, like, sits across the tops of mountains. Like, there's just bones jutting out of, out of the sides of the mountains and things like that, so you can, you can see from a distance. Or whatever, you know, I've just come up with stuff, right? Right. Um, for every geographical 
thing that I created, which would give me some flavor for which to draw to, to, to like settlements and things. And then I would, you know, I would, I would write about, um, what, what a different, um, place was on a map after I, I had plotted it out. So it was important to my process early on. Okay. Um, now later, later in my, my, my gaming career, uh, it became a little less important. Um, uh, and I started to experiment with without maps to, to just you know say, hey, you guys don't know anything about where you're at, really. You know your general, very, very local vicinity. You've been, you know, you're, or whatever, and you're just going to explore and find out what happens then. And I, I would give myself the freedom to do that. Um, it was much more difficult to do it that way. Um, it was definitely an advanced technique. And I think, honestly, it was, it was better as an exercise rather than as a, a mainstay of the way to go. Um, I think I, I think I, I benefited more from having a map to start with than not. Um, okay, I've been talking forever, so so say something different. <laughs> no, I think this has been really good. I, I I like you walking through that process. I mean, let's be honest, I go on rants that long pretty often, so it's good to have one from you. Yeah. And I think my process is much is was much the same. Like I would often start with a map as well, because or I'd start I'd say it this way. I had a sort of concept, right? And then I would often do a map. Now, here's what I'll say. As it went on, I did back into that exactly as you described. So when I first created, like, my my full campaign world, the first time I ever sat down, had a new world and wrote a full campaign to occupy that world, right? I literally wrote yeah. it all out in three notebooks, uh, every interaction, every NPC, every everything. I also had a map of that world and knew where everything was. Right. Now, that ended up being the proto version of Solaria, the world that I would then use for many, many years. But I didn't I actually then didn't do anything with it for several years, came back to it, ran a new game and for a long time didn't have a map, like did not generate a map until I think after the first long campaign was done. OK, OK. And then after the first long campaign had been done, in which I only like, I admittedly, I only took a few ideas from that very first campaign I wrote. I really recreated it. Uh, based on what the PCs had done and where they had gone and the things they had seen and what I had written into that long campaign, I then created a world. Yeah. Right. And so I, it was much more organic in how I discovered what was where, right? And the PCs didn't have any concept of the larger world until they went there. And I think there is some ludonarrative dissonance to the way that we normally attack maps. When you do a whole world map, and then you say, here is the whole vastness of the world and all the kingdoms and peoples that are arrayed within it, right? Mm -hmm. And then you set that in front of a bunch of PC or players who are then going to pilot a bunch of characters who are like first level or second level or whatever, you know, some low level people who come from a, uh, a small village in a backwater of nowhere, or even if they're from a big city, right? It feels kind of disingenuous that they would know that much about mm. the whole world. Like it just depends. It, it's very, it's very much a, um, based on what you're playing kind of mentality like sure. i i know all kinds of things about my world the, the world i actually inhabit the the real world yes yes i know all kinds of things about all kinds of places 
Um, and it's a far-reaching knowledge because I have access to things like the internet and world news every night, you know. And global um, satellites that have mapped out the Earth to the right. square inch. And yeah, yeah, exactly. So the world I inhabit, it is easy for me to connect to anywhere in this world at at a moment's notice. Now, someone in a fantasy world obviously does not does not have that kind of experience, and you have to, you know, put yourself into that into that spot for the world that you're playing and the world that you're creating. You got to know, kind of like kind. You have to understand what perception uh, is going to play on on your creation. Right. I'll be honest. I think in a sort of modern game, like let's say something that's happening on Earth in yeah. a time period that looks kind of like this or some near-ish, close-ish, past-future game, right, mm -hmm. is the time it makes the most sense to have a map, anything like that doesn't have to actually be Earth, <clears throat> be a, you know, an Earth-like setting, right? Whatever, you get what I mean. But where it's at about our current level of technology. Yeah, our current level or beyond, yeah. Well, hold on, because I think the beyond can get tricky. Let me see it. Let me throw an well, idea it, it at can, you. You can certainly change it up, yes. So let's go way out into the future, okay? Okay. Uh, like imaginary sci-fi future where you can travel yeah. through space and it's probably not impossible. Yeah, as, as, as soon as you get a certain distance away it becomes fantasy sci-fi again where right anything can happen again once again it's a, it's the wild west it's a, a frontier an unexplored frontier yeah yes because the galaxy or the the whatever the area is you're exploring i think all the time of the um of the map of the inner sphere from uh MechWarrior and battletech right yeah that's a very it's a it's a map there is a map yeah but it's clearly a vast abstraction. And like, yes, yeah, there yeah, are... Yeah, here are some dots on a giant hex grid, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, there are like, there are delineated worlds, right? Mm -hmm. This kind of rough red area that. over here is House Davian. This rough area over here is House Lau. This is where Solaris 7 is, you know, and this is, is uh, Terra or whatever, you know, this is Earth, right? And Mars and, and so on and so forth. Like, those things exist there are points on the map just as the sort of well-known points that you can imagine somebody in a fantasy setting having some concept of that right if there was some big city like Waterdeep, or people in the 1600s or 70s let's put it this way people in like late 1700s early 1800s america probably didn't have a great concept of what the u.s actually looked like mm -hmm. right like what was where but they knew there was this place called new york city over in the east Right, right. Your average person isn't a cartographer. Like they just don't right. know that kind of stuff. Or you know, they're not a navigator for a sea vessel. They're just someone who who works a field, right? Right. So I think when you go real big, I think you're right. It almost becomes fantasy again, right? Um, I I'm reminded of. So obviously, it has different usefulnesses in different settings. Yeah, I'm reminded of an author. So you've read some fantasy books in your time, Certainly. right? Yeah. How often do you open a fantasy book and then see a map of the world on, like, one of the early pages? Far right? more often than in other genres. Yes. This is a very common thing. So there's an author named uh, Brent Weeks who has written a couple different series I quite like, uh, one of which is this Assassin trilogy that I really love. Yeah. And he doesn't have maps in his books. He's pretty against it, actually. Uh... There's there's others like I think Stephen Hunt is in the same camp. He doesn't use maps in his books, so he wrote he wrote like the uh, this like sort of steampunkish all in sci fi fantasy crazy series uh, that I that I absolutely love. And 
neither of them really use maps. They just kind of generically talk about things in the world, right? Like to the north is this, to the south is this, over here is this stuff. Like you you experience it organically in the story. You don't have any place to reference back to, right? Mm -hmm. And that can make it somewhat more challenging perhaps as a reader. And I think the same might be true for a player. Like you were talking about it's a more advanced thing when you don't have sort of this governing map to guide you. But I like it because it means that throughout, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I, I'm, it's a journey of discovery. That's what I want to say, right? Um, Pirates of the Caribbean 3 was not a good movie, but I liked it. And the part I liked the best was the guy from the East India Tea Company talking to Jack Sparrow as they're finishing the map of the entire world behind him, this massive map behind him in his office, in his luxurious office. And he says, like, the world has changed, Jack. There are no more monsters anymore. The map has been filled in. Right. right? So it's, instead of, instead of um, when you don't have a map, it, 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 there's an expanse. When you do have a map, you have a boundary. Yes, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. The, so that's why I like the idea of more sequestered, refined maps. I think of, like, the maps of the area where Lord of the Rings takes place, which is actually a very small part of Middle Earth, Mm -hmm. right? Um, There's all this other territory that's only hinted at or or roughly explored in a few other things, but there's so much more world beyond that. So So that's what I kind of like. Uh, I'm curious. So when, okay, so to to those who are listening who are, who who like to to create games for the purpose of marketing them and selling them, so 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 your listener... Let's imagine we have more than two listeners, and they there's one of them out there. Okay, so there's a fourth listener, all right, and they want to make a game to sell. Should should their game include a map of the world? Yes. Okay. Now, why why is it an absolute yes in that situation? Sure. No, it's a great question. I think because the by the way. You can be fuzzy or funny or abstract or creative with that map mm-hmm. because I, the short answer there is because a picture tells a story of a thousand words, mm-hmm. right? Uh, because you do communicate so much with a simple image. And I think the trap that you fall into is not having a map versus not having a map. It's filling in everything versus still leaving expanse question marks explorable areas discoverable changeable things so uh i'll give a very simple example from another world i love which is warhammer right so a couple years back they launched age of sigmar age of sigmar happens in this planescape-esque world of eight mortal realms plus the realms of chaos And the realms are these near infinite expanses of solidified magic. The realm of fire is solidified fire magic. The realm of metal is solidified metal magic. So on and so forth, okay? Light and shadow, the heavens and the afterlife, like death and life, all these kinds of things, right? And the map that they released kind of initially was basically like an old Planescape-style cosmos map of showing how the planes kind of fit into each other. Right. And then they showed a map of this thing called like the Bloodwind Peninsula, which was where the story of the moment, the narrative at the beginning of that launch was taking place. Right. And it was this huge expanse of territory. 
the Bloodwind Peninsula. And it's all these different stories. Armies clash and kingdoms rise and fall. And it's all on this peninsula. And sometime later, they said, okay, now we're going to show you something cool. And they said, here's the Bloodwind Peninsula in the larger region it's in. And they zoomed out. And it was like, a, you're the, you know, it was a, a tiny, speck. it was 10% of the map. Okay. Yeah. And this it. And they said, now here's that region and the Bloodwind Peninsula in the entire realm of fire. And it was less than 1% <clears throat> of the map. Yeah, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and most of the realm of fire was just like ge- large, unexplored, generic spaces, right? Of kind of roiling rivers of lava and big, giant, expansive mountain ranges and all sorts of crazy things that were just to be determined later. Mm-hmm. Anything can happen out there. Right, right. That helps when, when you're making a game is to have that included so that the people who are buying your game have room to build their own marks and places. Yes. I think that is what, that is the right answer. If I was going to say, what's your golden mean here, right? What's the ratio or what's the, what's the, the right way to do it? It's something like that. You certainly need to give a starting point, but you yes. shouldn't give an end point. That's such a good way to put it, Trav. Yeah, I agree completely. Because ultimately, having something lets the, the players, whatever the type of game is, anchor themselves in the world, but there's another really important thing that happens with a map with less explored territories on it or kind of open reaches. Have you ever, Trav, as a player, looked at a map and said, I want to go to there? That's, uh, occasionally, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. You see a range of mountains or a vast ocean or an area of space or an unknown planetary system, right? That's the Star Trek dream. That's what that is, right? Like, we have maps of space right now. We have those maps of space. Yeah. But that doesn't tell us much. Like, the beauty of something like Star Trek was the idea of them going to these places that they just had this... Seek out new life and new civilizations, right? Right. To go and actually discover what's there, right? Just because you have that thing, Mm -hmm. that generic concept showing on the map of it's a... It's a yellow sun with six planetary bodies in the habitable zone circling it. There's certainly a, a lot okay. of a lot of element, elements of discovery and suspense in those kinds of moments um, when you when you build a world that has expanse to be explored. Right, and it lets you just fill in kind of whatever you need as you continue to evolve. Not only that game, but probably your whole that campaign and probably that whole world, right? Um, one of the few times I've really filled in all the quote unquote corners of the map when I designed Gaia Ren, the world of Gaia Ren, right? It was a Celtic inspired, like sort of pseudo combination of fourth to seventh century, uh, British and Celtic and Irish mythology all shoved into a thing. And so the land masses that were charted out was like, what was on my map was the Northern coast of France, basically. Right. Uh, England, as it were, whatever, the the Great Britain, the Great British Isles, mm-hmm. Ireland, and then a little itty-bitty bit of another land over there on the right, like one of the Scandinavian countries, right? Sure. And that was it. But, like, everything in that was filled in, but everything beyond that was unknown, right? It was very obvious because huge land masses went off the map that mm-hmm. there was – there's other out there, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're certainly going to have to, you know, on a game by game basis, to you know make a decision of what kind of scale you need 
um, for for that starting point for your map. Um, of course, like things things like uh, you know, that are like cyberpunky in nature, you know, that are sure. like, hey, this is this is uh, the actual world in seventy years. You're probably you're probably going to need more defined points, but then you can you can explore new things like you know the internet itself, which becomes like the net or whatever you know. In yeah, sure. That can be ex a, a crazy expanse, and space travel is an option at that point too. So you can have the expanse be that way, even if you have a hugely defined central world. Yep. No, it's a good point. I think of something like Shadowrun or maybe even Rifts, right? Um, where Okay, it's operating on our Earth, right? It, it looks like our. I Earth. mean, rifts and maps. Are, that's interesting because I don't, I don't actually remember any maps from rifts. Um, oh God, they're enough, everywhere. Like, they're everywhere in the book, but they're completely forgettable, right? Think of the remember the map in the core book of the habitable zone where it just mm. had that little polyhedron shipping okay, to the yeah, middle yeah. of the U.S. Sure, they, yeah. They were all like very specific, built to purpose maps, right? <laughs> no single map tells you everything. This right. is where the magic zones are. This is the Zitisix invasion area where there are Zitisix colonies, right? So they're just kind of, they use the world map and then he just lays all these individual little elements on it. More right? interestingly, I think, Rifts itself, if you took all the books and laid them out on the floor, that's a map. Yeah. Like, here's Africa. Here's here's Asia. Here's, you know, here's England, etc. Yep. Absolutely. The books themselves mapped out the world. And it should be stated that that, like, Rifts and Shadowrun make the good point of even when you're using something familiar, like our Earth, mm -hmm. you can still have a really interesting need to explore and to discover when the things are changed, right? right. Uh, when a city is different or obliterated or now full of alien monsters or 17 you can times the bottom of the ocean cities or – yeah, exactly. Yes, yes, absolutely, right? So even using those established things, it can actually be more interesting to be like, oh, well, in this world, New York is a city run by vampires, right, who who walled off the, the, the city. And now it's the 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 city that never sleeps is, is the city that never sleeps for a reason because they're all undead. Yeah. Right. Uh, whoa. OK, that sounds kind of cool. I want to go check that out. What's different about, you know, future gothic walled off vampire New York? That sounds pretty cool. You know, so just stuff like that can still prompt those those emotions. Now, as far as campaign settings go, do you think you always need a map? No, I don't think like, so. If, or at like least... if you're just running a campaign for for your players, do you do you really need a map every time? No, I don't think so. I think you could go map less, but I think if I was going to have any map, I would say at minimum the rough geographic area where the PCs are beginning their adventure from, and the mm. things you're starting kind of... in this city. Here's the city, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Here's the city and the surrounding, you know, three mm. miles, right? Where most hills over here and a river are. over there, and yep, the old, the old crazy, crazy wizard lives in that hut over there. Yep, exactly. Uh, or, or if you're in a sci-fi realm, like maybe you don't need the whole galaxy map, but this is the the planet that you you live on, or you know, whatever, right? Something like that, or the or the the particular uh, nation state that you occupy on this planet, or something like that. So you don't I, I think the, the urge is is to define everything. And my strongest piece of advice would be resist that urge. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. You don't need to do that. And you're, in fact, making things actively worse for doing so. Um, Give yourself room to explore. 
Yeah, even and, even and, even as the writer and creator of it, give yourself room to explore because you, you know you want to you want to have that opportunity when you're playing with your players to make something new that's going to fit that specific group. Absolutely, future you who has been playing in this world you've created for a week, a month, a year, 10 years, is going to think of new ideas, of interesting things to add, to to find, to explore, to introduce, to run campaigns in, in your world. Don't rob future you of those good opportunities by filling in every corner now when you're at the lowest point of experience and information with your own creation, right? Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think I think we're there. I think we've gotten there, right? We've said what we want to say. I think so. All right. So that's um, drawing maps for your games on design. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So uh, for everybody out there, thank you very much for listening. Certainly appreciate it. Don't forget to give a rating and a review on iTunes. That really helps. Share this around with your group, with your friends. It is really deeply appreciated when you share this. That helps a lot. Give us the fifth listener. Uh, Give us the fifth listener. There you go. Thank you very much, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. Mm